welcome everyone. This is Otto Let's Talk Podcast. But this time, it's the sports edition. We're going to do something a bit different and we're going to talk about some sports. It's a bit close to me and Al. We have these conversations all the time. I'm going to pass you over to the host, the main man himself. And that is me. It's Audio Geek London. Yeah, we're going to do a little bit something different this time. See how it goes. See how it works. We have this chat that as... as... As, as my pal says, we have these chats all the time, so there's no, you know, why not just air these chats? We would normally be joined by Chris, but Chris is currently plugging corks in the holes in his ceiling, to my knowledge. That, that's what oh, he tells he's us. underwater. I'm not quite sure, but he'll join us. Whoa. Yeah, so... Man is a scuba diver. Man is a scuba diver in his spare time, so... So we'll see what happens there. Right, let's have a little bit of recap of what the football we've had over the past week. So let's start with the Premiership. So Wolves and Leeds was the first game we had on Friday. I watched that game. Wolves won it by a goal to nil. Um, I'd struggle to say that Wolves are back on track. They still looked pretty poor. Um, Neto was their bright spark for all of that. And I think the problem with Leeds is they are that kind of team where... I think this washbuckling style works. Right, they win or lose. Enjoy at the time, but you come up against a couple of teams where it just doesn't seem to work. So I wouldn't necessarily say this is a bad loss for Leeds. I think that just happens really. And Wolves and Wolves weren't that great. It was an own goal in the end. I think um, Chore cut in and hit off the keeper from off the bar. So not the greatest game in the world. And I believe that's his first goal of the season, isn't it? His first goal of the season. It's not even his. Well, it weren't his, yeah, but his he's, he's got no, he's got no assist either, has he? He's had no assist this season either. Compared to what he had last time, he's, um, his output this year has been very disappointing for Wolves. I'm not, I'm not sold on him. To be fair, with with Leeds, they win, they win or they win or lose. They win or lose. Leeds win or lose. Um, Torre's output this year has been quite poor. Remember those talks of him going back to Barca. Talks of Tottenham being linked with him as well last summer um, for a lot of money as well. But he hasn't really performed this year. Well, has Wolves performed at all this season? Neto has probably been the only one on their team that's that's risen in stock. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really impressed with them. Another drab game was Southampton-Chelsea. That finished 1-1. What wasn't drab was uh, Minamino's finish, which he um, asked a few of those Chelsea players to sit down. And they they um, they abided by that request, and he just flicked it in. Um, and then, possibly Chelsea's best player at the moment, Mason Mount, popped up with a penalty. Um, again, not much to say about Chelsea. I think it's very hard to make any decisions in terms of what what you can say about Chelsea. I think it's way too early in the process to be looking and saying they're bad, they're poor, they've been improved. I just I think just let it settle. I mean, they're currently drawing with Atletico Madrid at the moment, and and they've looked the better team. So. You know, I think the jury's still out on Chelsea. What do you think about Tunku taking taking uh, Hudson Odoi off after bringing him on? Um, I had a, a podcast. It was the Guardian podcast. Talk about it today, and I I kind of agreed with something that they said, which I found. I don't know really where you sit with this. I mean, yes, the idea was he did that to to send a message. Um, I find it very difficult to accept, like they said on the podcast, would he have done the same thing to a Christensen? Would he have done the same thing to a uh, Aspilicueta sort of thing? Um, and I don't think he would have. I don't think he would have done that to Mason Mount. 
if um, Mason Mount had done that. I don't think he would have done that to Timo Werner or Kai Havertz if um, they had showed the same lack of application. Now, look, if, if his argument is the application that he put in for the time he was on was poor, then fine. That's your decision as a manager. You know, Sean Dice did the same thing the week before, Robbie Brady. Um, I, I can't argue it. I just kind of, uh, I don't know, with my skeptics hat on, you know, young, flashy black boy, footballer, doesn't do what he should are be you, doing. You're you going there. Are you, guy, are you, going, are you going there? You're going there. I don't know. No, I just, I just think people like, people like Colin Madsen Madoy, they kind of fit in that kind of package, don't they? Like Pogba and Lingard, Zaha. they kind of all, Zaha, they all kind of fit in that flashy, flashy young, you know, black guy kind of mould. And sometimes I think it's a lot easier to find fault in what they do because because people don't like the way they they present themselves, really. And I just think Cullum Hazemadoy has... You're forgetting he was Tuchel's darling. Only well, he still is. Ago. I was about to say, you know, he's, he's one of his... That's one of his donnies. A darling that he put on and took off in the same game. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, mm, I just, I just question if, if, if Mason Mount had done the same thing. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I, like I said, I'm being very skeptical here. I'm not necessarily making any judgments. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here. I just feel like it was well, a little oh, bit harsh from on, my on, side on the guy. But you know, I, I actually thought it was a good move. If I'm honest, it, it, the thing is, it's consistency here. We speak about consistency a lot on our podcast. If he does the same thing, if he, if Tino Werner comes on off the bench and does the same thing, will he draw him off? If he does that, then it's consistency, then yeah, okay, cool. It's, it's fine. But for me, it was all right. I thought it was a good little message to send out to young players, isn't it? And to any player. If you're not playing well, no matter if I bring you on as a sub, I can take you off. Well, this is my point though, isn't it? It's consistency. Are you going to be able to do that throughout your team when Kovacic does it? Are you going to be able to do that when Giroud does it? Then you start to set a standard. And that standard is anytime you're playing poorly and I've subbed you on, I'm going to sub you off. And if you don't maintain that consistency, then unfortunately it does go down to a an intentional slight on Callum Hadson Madoy. But anyway, I think that's a little bit far fetched. I'm not necessarily saying that is what he did. I just I don't know. I think it was that opinion that I heard today of how he wouldn't have done that to a mount or an Aspilaqueta that made me think I don't know. And they, and, and, and they weren't making the suggestion it was it was a young black boy thing. I just kind of felt a little bit like, yeah, like if it was if it was somebody else like a media darling like Mason Mount, would he have been brave enough to do that? You know, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm, I, I digress. I'm not ever going to talk about Burnley West Brom. No, 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 bruv. That was actually a very entertaining nil-nil. That was nil-nil. No, no, no. That was entertaining nil-nil, bruv. No, no. To be fair... West Brom should have got the a penalty. The entertaining part of it is that there was a red card and, and that was about it. No, no, no. They should have got a penalty, bro. I actually watched the game. They should have got a penalty. West Brom, or was it Burnley? From what I saw that game, that game wasn't really worth watching. No, it was a deep... The last half an hour was... Uh... Well, West Brom got a Jai sent off. Yeah, and then should have had a penalty. Then they should have had a penalty. They should have had a penalty. And VAR, once again, <clears throat> cocked up. Um, okay, let's keep it moving because we've got lots to get through. Um, so then we moved on to the the Merseyside derby and I kind of dipped in and out of that. 
um, I'm going to keep my professional hat on and not talk about how much I enjoyed the result. But I'm going to let you, Gravy, tell us about that game. Yeah, because that was a game I actually was was selected to watch. Um, to be fair, it started off with a corker, didn't it? Like what, mm. two minutes in, Richarlison. Mm. Uh, and it was a great ball by Hammers, by the way. What a ball. I have the needle through two defenders. Bang, goal. Great goal. I think Richarlison's getting a bit of a habit of scoring against Liverpool as well, actually. Um, I think he scored in the last derby, I believe. Don't, don't, don't yeah, quote me on that, but I think he did. Um, but yeah, again, Liverpool's... Liverpool's woes, they, they continue. It was a good display by Everton. The part I didn't like was the way Everton were celebrating like they just lifted no, the No, I, no, 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 I, I think no, like... I, I take that one. No, I no, I I disagree with you on that one. I can see exactly why you would. Now you've got to think about, you know, this this is these are your closest rivals, you know. There are not many cities in the world that had whole teams that are in the top flight of their leagues in such close proximity. And I've been to Liverpool before. And when I tell you the distance between Anfield and Goodison Park is genuinely down the end of a the road. They're so close. It's such a rivalry. Your your neighbours have been arguably the best team in the world for the past two years. And then they suddenly start to show a poor, poor patch of form. And you go to their ground and you stick it to them. Mate, I think for those Everton fans, those Everton players, I think they deserve to have as much celebration as they can. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've always thought about it as a manager. I think I'm somebody who would always, you know, make it very clear. We haven't got time to be celebrating. We take the win, we move on. And, you know, not to rest on your laurels. And I think I'd be very much like that. But in those kind of scenarios, I think it's very hard to to dissuade them from celebrating. You know, it's, it's a big win for them. Well, it's yeah. their first victory. It's their first victory like yeah, twenty so odd years, isn't it? It's a, it's a big, it's a big years, win for them. I can, I can see why then. Uh, I don't know, brother. For me, for me, like we, we don't celebrate like that. I'm not saying not be happy about it, but it was a little. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's a bit over, over the top for me. But good result either way. And Liverpool again. What was that? Their first, their first backed four defeat. Sorry, in a row. I think since like some, some nonsense since you know well like before that. the Premier League even started, you know I think yeah, which is, is which is, is crazy. I, I did say to you and I did say to you and Chris, I did say wouldn't surprise me if Klopp yeah, was and I, 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 like this. No, remember you, think, you heard I, it first. Think, you heard it you know, first. We'll touch here. upon that later on in the pod, and I think you know just to preface that, I think what we kind of agreed is I mean you felt that he would. I mean I think it's all in the wording. I think he. I don't think he'll resign as such. I think it would be like maybe if anything, if he does go, it would be some sort of mutual consent based on him, you know, being of not, you know, sound body or mind because of his grieving at the moment and he might want to take a break. Yeah, wait, uh, for people who don't know, listeners that don't know, Klopp has just lost his mum. I, I believe it was natural cause. It wasn't COVID. Um, I, I know she passed. Um, I don't know. I can't remember exactly, off. but I know she was ill. He knew she was ill. She actually passed away in January. And um, he wasn't able to be with her during her last sort of moments. And um, he wasn't able to to fly back to Germany for the funeral. So he's he's kept quiet about that. And, and to be he's, honest... He's, you know, I think I'm not, you know, being a United fan, I haven't got a lot to say good to about be... Liverpool, but I've got to give him his, his credit there. He's completely, he's not used that as an excuse. He's barely mentioned it and he's soldiered on. That's respectful, just respect to him. No, I... I... <laughs> Bro, that'd be difficult for anyone. And if he did resign, I don't think anybody could begrudge him that because obviously he's not had 
time to to grieve over over what's happened to the loss of his mum. But I think football takes a secondary secondary thing when when something like that happens. And I don't think I could. Well, well I don't know. The well, that's the problem. Stay busy if you football keep football your mind doesn't take the break, and that's what the biggest criticism is. Because what you know, when things go badly or things go wrong, we are almost allowed as fans and pundits to take digs and sharp knives out and attack these managers and players and tell them how rubbish they are. And in reality, if any of those managers or players come out and say, do you know what, I'm depressed, or do you know what, I'm missing my family, or do you know what, my mind's not on the job because my daughter's unwell. If they come out and say that, they get vilified for making excuses. So actually, you know, lots of journalists will talk about lots of stories of how they've met managers and They've gone into press conferences and been torn apart and they've seen those same managers 10 minutes later in a quiet corner of the stadium crying because they'd lost their sister two weeks before. But they're not allowed to say it because if they do say it, it's it's almost making excuses and they're not really allowed to be human. And I think that's probably why I look at Klopp and say, for you to have gone through that and to only have lost a couple of games is quite heroic. And let's be honest, they didn't lose the game because they were managed poorly. They lost the game because those players at the moment are just not sure what they're doing. They're not playing themselves. I do think it uh, does squash that point of them being the great... Yeah, and don't worry, we, 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 will, we, will cover that. we will cover that shortly. I don't want to hear... As, a, as an Arsenal fan, I know I don't have much to, to speak about, but that locks that yeah. argument straight off. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll go on, back to that. Fulham beat Sheffield United, which is a good result for Scott Parker. But obviously, I think with Sheffield United, I, I you know, I think I thought they might be able to pull something out of the bag here. But I think even you know, I just, I've got they're not for me. I think you know when you got Chris Wilder admitting defeat and saying you know, thankfully we won't be here for long for us to for you to keep beating us like this. That just that kind of defeats attitude tells me tells me they're down. And to, they're to, to be fair, with with Sheffield United, the reason why I did say thank God um, was I had a a little conversation with Al about this a few a few weeks ago, and I said if Sheffield United stay up, I'll mm. eat my boxer shorts. Um, they're not staying up, so I can thankfully say I will not be eating my mm. brief them. But um, I, I, to be fair, they're just playing bad. They, they don't have a goal scorer. If you look at look any any team. You need goals. They got man like Billy Sharp, who bless his little cotton socks, is not a Premier League striker. And mm, what is he? Thirty-four. Um, and I think my, is it McCulloch, Goldrick. who McGoldrick, sorry, who has never been a out and out goal scorer either. And what's happened to um, Musa? I don't know. Actually, maybe he might be injured. I think for me, from he, that, he, then, he then was their top scorer last year. I don't know. I, I think for me, yeah. what I don't like about McGoldrick. I don't dislike him, but what I don't like about no, not that, what I don't like about the, what people though. say, it kind of goes into this um, Firmino argument, right? Now, when everything's going well and these players aren't scoring, these number nines aren't scoring, all you ever hear about, but actually his contribution is different. It's not about the goals he scored. It's his all-round play contribution. For me, it's a poor way of saying this guy doesn't score enough goals. They've said that about McGoldrick his whole career. It's not about the goals, it's what he does. Same about Firmino. It's not about the goals. Here's my argument. But when when, when, when Martial goes down the middle 
and is on poor form. All I've heard for the past how many weeks is how he's lazy, he's not a number nine, he's not good enough. But yet we can accept, we can accept that Firmino is their number nine for one of the best teams in the world, doesn't score enough goals. We accept that people like Eddie McGoldrick scores two goals a season, but we say, well, it's not about that, it's about his all-round contribution. But when Martial is not doing it... Hey, listeners... If 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 only if you only gathered out, yeah, but, no, but I'm I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. Here. I think I think that I think it's it's easy for me to talk about teams like Liverpool quite objectively because even though you know I, I'm not the biggest fan of Liverpool, one thing I can sit down and say is you know any any win against them, regardless of what form they're in, is is something to behold. And that, that team is something that I've never seen in a long time of what they what they achieved. But I just think for me, what I'm seeing a lot of now is, and again I'm going to kind of touch on this later. What I'm seeing a lot of now is I think Liverpool represent what our society, how, how they represent what we want to be represented as society. You know, English grit, hardworking players, you know, good people on and off the pitch, shining examples. So when they're not playing well and they're not doing what they should be, instead of holding these players to account, what the, what people keep doing is keep making excuses for them. You know, they say, you know, people argue about, the injuries, do you know that in the same way Liverpool had something like sixteen plus, yeah, sixteen sixteen plus pairings at the back. You know, Leicester have had the same. Leicester have not had their first choice yeah. centre backs play together at all all season, and they've not no, once come out and highlighted. There, there, are, there so, are lots of teams. Like that, got, there are lots of but, teams that you know that are just injury ravaged each time they play, and I just think, I just think for me, but, I just. I just, I just want, I just want fair is fair. I think United have taken quite a lot of battering. I would argue Arsenal have taken a lot of battering over the past couple of weeks and months. But when Liverpool pour in these abject performances, you know, all we, all we ever hear is, um, you know, now, now all of a sudden it's Thiago's fault. Make your mind up because when Thiago first turned up in the Premiership, my goodness, he, 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 yeah, was, he, was, the best, the he was the best, he was the best we've ever seen. Now all of a sudden, yeah. this, this, he was this Mr. Like Hovis. Now all of a sudden. They're not playing well, and they're blaming you know the Brazilian foreigner. Like it's it's not him, it's the team. It's it's the it, it's the Robertson. No, it's the whole team. It's the attitude the of team, the Alexander Arnold's. It's all it's it's them as a collective. They're not playing well. I think it may be a case. Maybe look, Klopp. Look, you're a reflection of your manager. In in a in a job like that, you're a reflection of your manager. It's, it's Klopp's team. He's not mentally in the right headspace at the moment, and I think maybe that energy maybe resonating to the team. But then, on the flip side, you look at it and think, the player should exactly. want to step up even more. Yeah, you want to win it for your manager. So you, you want to, yeah, you want to win it for your manager. So there's there's that bit. Or, it's just a case, Liverpool's yeah. having a bad season. Do you know what I mean? Like, we, we, we can't, look, like you said, the narrative is, is what you put out earlier, what you just said. But the way I look at it is, Liverpool are like a new album that's just dropped. And everyone's already saying it's the greatest album ever, and they've not been listening to it fully. Let yeah, the, let the real. team go through a couple of seasons yeah, and see what they can do. Like everyone's, they've done. They had one, two good seasons where they ran a few things, and everyone's calling them the greatest of all time. Like, I'm not being funny. I saw someone put a tweet out, and it was hilarious. They're like, Man United won the Premier League four times in a mm. row, or three times in a row, or you've done that three times in a row. You've done it like a couple of mm. times. You've done it twice. Yeah, Twitter and that wasn't really about social media about. If that was the case, Man United would probably be the exactly. best team of the whole century. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? And that's what people will be saying. That would be the narrative. And I think, look, I'm not trying to take the shine off Liverpool because 
when Arsenal were doing, when we was the Invincibles, I was actually like, I was part of the squad. Do you know what I mean? Like, you get carried away. But when you step back and look at it, and I've had discussion with you before, I would never say that Arsenal were one of the greatest Premier League teams. I would, I've never, I said we wasn't. I know we're not. And, and the reason why I said we wasn't was that when we were up the top, we never dominated like United did. Like, we never won back-to-back titles. We never won the Champions League. So, for, for me, we had a good period. We was a very good Premier League team, but I wouldn't say we were one of the greatest. Like, I wouldn't even put us in that argument. Like, what we've done, no, I don't think we no. replicated again, but I just think, you know what, sometimes you've got to step, step back and just say, like, do you know what? We're, we're not. Liverpool, I think, true champions come back, right? So if they lose this, if they lose this title this season, which I think they are, I think Man City are going to win the league this season. If they lose the title, but then next season they come back and win it again, and then defend it and win it after that, then I think we have that argument. Like, where are they? The great no, and come I, back and do it. We'll I, clock I think this is our point, I'm isn't sure. it? You made you made this you made this point when we were talking about boxing. People put too much um, emphasis on not losing and retaining, and actually, it's the not losing and they're not retaining is the reason why Man City are the beast of what they are now because they had to go through what they went through last yeah. season to realize this ain't, ain't this ain't no game this Premier League. This ain't no but game. Even United, how many look? United, United back in the day were the kings of the Premier League. Like they lost it, they won it back. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You, you look at when they've lost the title, Blackburn Rovers were the first to do it. Do you know what I mean? You won it back the season after. We done it, you won it the season after. Do you know what I mean? So United have always had that whole grit of, and that's why they go down as one of the best teams um, in Premier League history under Ferguson. And that, that look, numbers don't lie, trophies don't lie. And, and I think that you've got to give them respect for that. Liverpool haven't had that success. A lot of Liverpool's success was in the past. And, and that's what they were living off. A bit like, well, a bit not the same to Newcastle, but the whole of your big club, mm. you haven't won anything. Now they've done that, it's a case of coming back and like, do you know what? Because I think the team does need to rebuild. The front three are ageing and I don't know where the goals are going to come from. That's that's the problem that, that Liverpool face. Don't get me wrong, Jota is one, Jota I think is one of them. But is Jota going to get you 20, 25 goals a season? I don't know. Uh, so you're looking at... And even if you look at the, the young talents that they sold, what was the young lad they sold to, um, to Sheffield United? The striker. He ain't done nothing. Um, and he was... There were big hopes on him. I think they've got a buyback to him as be, well. But they... They, they'll be they, taking it. No, but they, they won't be activating it. it. Yeah. But there you go. Again, he, he hasn't shown anything. So... Where is Liverpool's goal going to come? And let's be honest, the price of strikers, you, the only one who everybody would love to have at the moment is Haaland. But that, 100%. That, 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 but that I digress. Again, with, I'm digressing. Uh, that's a different show altogether, what that comes with. Right, I'm going to wrap up the rest of the, the Premier League. I'm going to wrap up the rest of Europe. We're going to talk a little bit combat sports and then we're going to do our predictions moving on next week. So let's wrap up the rest of the Premiership. So... West Ham beat Tottenham, and that was, uh, you know, that was a, a very, 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 very lopsided game. I think initially West Ham started quite well, started quite quickly. Tottenham kind of then, Tottenham Best then team in actually London. did show a little bit of fighting spirit, but it was a bit too late, unfortunately for them. Aston Villa uh, lost two one at home to Leicester. Leicester showing that again, they are absolutely, absolutely um, up there in terms of that top four. Um, Madison picked up a little bit of an injury, but it seems to be okay. Um, Southgate was in the stand, so two Englishmen scoring. That's really, really good. No Jack Grealish, he was injured. And he was, um, not only was he injured, but 
there was a bit of foray surrounding that because ultimately um, that was leaked to the press. So um, they did an inquiry at Aston Villa to work out whose loose lips sunk the ship. And you know who actually, who who what it was down to to how the media found out about Aston Villa? How? I I I, I kid you it? not. Because the FPL deadline was on Friday, somebody had realised half of the Villa team and the and the backroom staff had all taken Grealish out of their team, and that is how it was leaked to. Oh, yep, what fantasy FPL. football? So right. Anyway, <laughs> the game that I had funny. to watch. Because I left, I left them in the game. The game I had to watch was the Arsenal City game. Um, pretty standard. I think we all knew City was going to win that game. I don't think Arsenal did that badly. I don't think they made a poor show of it. I just think that's just where they are. That's where City are. I think if you if you were given one 0 at the beginning of the game, I think you would have taken it. You would have taken it. Yeah, I'd have so, taken it. To be fair, when you, I didn't watch the game because I, I, City always do us. But when you text me saying, you know what, I meant to watch this game. And I missed the first three minutes, and they already scored. I was thinking we're going to get absolutely no, battered I, I, here. I, I think like, you, so you'd take like, that. I think United beat Chelsea. Chelsea United. I'm watching Chelsea. United beat Newcastle three-one. Again, that score doesn't really show what that game was all about. United once again looked poor, and they did look poor. Um, I think it might be the assertions in Europe. It might be like a lot of the teams are getting tired. Um, I think it's down to the fact that Oli has put his faith in some players that aren't really performing at the moment. Uh, so, what, oh, like who? The, the list is endless. So you've got Maguire and Lindelof. So he doesn't want to lose face of those two players. You've got Fred, who at, you know, Pastor Fred, who at one point was you know a shoe in to be picked in that team. But you're at home to Les- You're at home to Newcastle. Why have you got two defensive midfielders on the pitch? You know that shows you the intent straight away, and and Fred just didn't look good enough in that middle. I think he just needs to have a little bit of a rest. Unfortunately, Matt Tomine was injured, so he couldn't play. Um, and just just the decision to just the decision to play Martial. Man, the decision he did get right was playing Dan James, and that worked for him. But Mark again, I'm again would be here for the rest of the pod if I got into that, and I've got different opinions on Martial. He's not playing well. To sum it up, he's not playing well enough. He shouldn't have started. Right. And then Crystal Palace beat Brighton 2-1 and leads this afternoon. This evening beat Southampton 3-0. Goals for Bamford, Dallas and the inform Rafinha. So if we take a look, quick look. 3-0. What was the score for that Leeds game? 3-0. Cool. Can I just say one thing, Al, before you move on? Two points on Tatron. One, the Martial thing. I know that Alan Shearer has come out and criticised Martial, saying that he doesn't do enough, doesn't score enough goals. Just linking that back to what you said about Firmino. And uh, back to the West Ham Spurs game. Just want to shout out, big shout Jesse Lingard, because he was a player going through a lot of crap that no one knew about and kept it to himself. He's come out and he looks like he's playing again. He's enjoying his football. So big, I just wanted to shout that out because you said it earlier about how we don't know what these players are going through. Lingard was another player that was going through a lot of personal issues when he was at United. He's gone to West Ham and he's come out and said, I'm enjoying my football game. And it, it is showing on the pitch. What's that? Three goal, four goals in three games, I think, for Lingard at the moment. But yeah, Al, continue. Yeah, so looking at the table, City sit at the top 10 points ahead with United and Leicester in second and third, only split by a point. West Ham getting the nosebleeds up in fourth, Chelsea down to fifth, Liverpool down to sixth on the same points as Everton, who are in seventh. Spurs prop up the table in ninth. 
um, right in the middle with Leeds. Arsenal take a drop down to 11th. And if you look at the bottom three, it's Fulham, West Brom and Sheffield United. Newcastle only really three points ahead of Fulham, looking like they're going to be pulled into that as well. Who's your who's your free to go down now? Oh, my free to go down. I'm going to go for Sheffield United, West Brom, and I'm going to go for possibly. I'm going to go for Newcastle. Actually, I think Fulham will. I think Fulham will do it. I think I'm going to say how, how it is now is the three that are going to go down. I think Sheffield United are already relegated. Uh, West Brom as well. I think the last place is between Newcastle and Fulham, but I actually think Fulham will go down again. I just don't think they've got enough goals in them. Um, before we continue, just don't forget to like, share, follow. And leave a comment if you're enjoying it. A thumbs up does help. And if you do follow and leave a comment, it does help with the algorithms for us to get out there to a bigger reach. Remember that we are on Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Podcasts. And one called Overcast, because I looked at our numbers the other day. And a big shout out to the US, because that is our biggest listening country. It's the US. Okay. Second is the UK. And then third place is Ireland. So, yeah, I'm going to big, big shout out to the US. Obviously, they're liking my sexy UK accent. So, yeah, Al, go on. You definitely digress there. Right, so let's have a look at Serie A. So, Serie A is looking actually quite nice at the moment. Juventus have popped up with a 3-0 win against Crotone. Um, Lukaku proved um, emphatically that he was the king of Milan in the reverse fixture. Yes, and with, he set a new record with, as well. Well, for, for me, I just think, you know, he must have enjoyed that for having, you know, shouted halfway across the pitch to Slatan Ibrahimovic because of their brawl the other day. He reminded him who was really king. So for Big Rom, I'm glad to see that. So looking at their table, actually, it looks quite interesting because I think the Milan have only just now sort of stretched away from AC, who were, who were leading the table for quite a while. Juventus looking in third with their new manager, Pirlo, not looking so great for them. Um, Atlanta, who are probably the team that I like the best in that league, are sitting in fifth. Um, and if you go all the way back down to like seventh, you'll see Napoli. So I'm not sure how long Gattuso is going to hold on to his job. And some sad news for you, Gravy, propping up the table in 19th is Palmer. Yeah, Palmer on my team, man. But yeah, I think Lukaku has, he set a new record. I think the first player um, in, again, wartime statistics to score in four or five back-to-back Milan derbies. Right. So... Good so, for like, good big rum. Let's look at let's look at the Liga. The Liga's looking also very tight. Um Sociedad, who got thumped by United, actually came back and thumped Alaves in this for the same score. Uh Bilbao with Villarreal. Valencia picked up a win. Real Madrid are putting some pressure on Atletico, who were leading, who are leading, not were, who are leading La Liga, but actually lost on the weekend. Yeah, they actually, you know what? I actually weekend, want Atletico. Quite surprising. I want Atletico to win that league only because it will show Barcelona they shouldn't have got rid of Suarez so early. I think there's a knee-jerk reaction, and I know they might have to pay some money. I think the deal was. I think even with if they if he wins them the league, I still still think it was a, a small deal what they paid. Yeah, for, um, Init- initially Suarez. they had let him go for free, trying to get him off the wage bill. Realized that. Atletico wanted him, said to save face, they negotiated a fee, it was nothing. But ultimately, they're looking like they're probably going to take that league um, with Barcelona drawing 1-1 with Cadiz. And that was a last-minute penalty to get that there. But looking at that table, Madrid have a game in hand, are only four points behind Atletico, with Sevilla in third, Barcelona in fourth, and Sociedad in 
fifth. Right, so let's have a look at a very brief look at Champions League. I'm just going to go over the fixtures. So we've got Atletico and Chelsea who are playing now with a nil-nil draw. Bayern are smashing Lazio away 4-1, I believe. And then tomorrow we've got Atalanta and Real and Mönchengladbach and City. That's the state of the Champions League at the moment. I'm going to have a little quick chat about the WSL. For those who don't know, that's Women's Super League. So England played Northern Ireland today, smashed them 6-0. Um, Ellen White got a hat-trick um, nearly in the first half, but two in the first half, one in the last. Um, it was the first game for Higa Risa, who is the caretaker boss until Serena Wiegman, the, um, the Dutch coach, comes in. And it was their first game in charge. And the reason why I'm mentioning this game, really, because there weren't any WSL games um, this week, but they were well expected to win. They were expected to win by a large margin. But actually, what was quite good that I saw in the BBC is that they had an article which they'd written about the lack of BAME players represented in the league, uh, in, in, the, in the national team. And just a quick synopsis of it, I think the point they were making was in the past few Euros and, sorry, Giroud just scored an overhead kick, which has been disallowed. Um, the reason why I bring it up is because in the past few tournaments, it, they've had something like, you know, 16, 17, 18 percent, 20 percent of the of the squad of BAME players. And this was one of the first times because of Demi Stokes of um, City and um, who was the other one? Demi Stokes of City and Nikita Paris of Lyon, because they weren't in the squad. It was an entirely white uh, squad. Yeah, but is there, on the flip side, is there actually any good players that should be in a team that weren't in the team? Well, no. Before we like... No, no, no. I'm so, just saying, like... No, if there, that, if that, wasn't, like... No, that wasn't what the article was about. The article was the fact that... Um, the very fact that there has been a diminishing amount of BME players constantly being represented by England, we're looking at the fact that where why aren't um, those players of BME background at a youth level, why are they not getting through in the same way as their white counterparts? Because as you can see in the male game, the, you know, the proportion of the amount of BME, um, mainly black players, is quite, excuse me, it's quite high. So, you know, we know what our society is represented by. Yeah, but by. I think that's also... Why is the reach also, of... I think that also may be a case that women's football's just recently turned professional. So, stuff like this, it's, it's a career, isn't it? Uh, if my if my daughter wanted to play... I don't have any kids, but if she wanted to play professional football, women's football, it's not the fact that it's women's football. I'm just like, is there money in it? Like, well, can no, you get the... paid doing something better, better doing something else? Well, well, that's the point is, you know they are. I mean? they are but this is, the, this is the article. This is what the article was saying. The article was saying that, you know, the further we go back, the more black players were represented in England. And what we're saying now is it's getting less and less. And they're arguing it's getting less and less because the outreach these clubs are putting into getting those types of players who are living in, you know, potentially quite, you know, inner city areas. And they're not being reached because these are the these, these are the families who have to, you know, drive their player who who plays for maybe Watford women and has to go and you know drive them up to play for England which is half throughout the country and, and because these people are working and don't have the opportunities to do it they're not really being helped but anyway that's an article that's worth reading it's on the BBC website um the it was an all-white squad until Ebony Salmon got called up because they had an injury she's a mixed race I think Ebony Salmon she's a mixed race she plays for Bristol um 
City, Bristol City. Um, Young, 17, looks really good. Got on, got a debut, didn't score, unfortunately. Um, Ella Toon scored, who plays for United, so well done for her. Um, and then we can move on to combat sports. So yeah, before we go before we go on to that, I just want to let listeners know. Obviously, this is our new spin-off of the Auto Less Talk. We are coming back for season two for that as well. But if you are a footballer listener, male or female, and want to join, we have got a guest set for each week that we're trying to do. So we're looking to represent every club in the Premier League. So hit us up on our email or hit us up in the DMs, and we shall try and get you on. Obviously, you're gonna need a decent mic, and you can jump on and be part of this every week. We're gonna rotate a fan. So yeah. Look out for and that, that. And that Sorry, includes yeah. if you're a fan of Chelsea women or West Ham women, because ultimately, you know, I, I do like to do my best to promote the women's game, you know, as, as, as a father of a daughter who, who I desperately want to play football. I've taken a lot of interest in the women's game and um, there are a lot of good players and there are a lot of good teams out there. And I don't think there is much really, really, really online of this kind of content and material about that. Um, there's a few that I do watch, you know, Faker Others is somebody who I follow a lot. She does a lot of um, podcasts as well. So, you know, if, if I can give a five minute shine to women's football, that then take somebody down to go and watch somebody, um, you know, I've done my bit, but um, that's a football roundup. We're going to go into combat sports. Um, I'm just going to very quickly go over UFC and then Gravy, you can spend your time talking about boxing. So UFC, we had an event on the weekend just gone. Curtis Blades got knocked out by Derek Lewis. It was quite horrible to watch. I think I was definitely an upset. It's been put down as one of the top five upsets of all time. Um, that completely shakes the division up because now we've got heavyweight champion uh, Mojic, and he is fighting Francis Ngannou. And, then, uh, and the winner from that is supposed to get John Jones. So that's all messed everything up with Derek Lewis coming and get that knockout. Um, then the standout event is this weekend. Next weekend, sorry, the 6th. Um, oh, is it this weekend? The 6th. Well, the next one coming up has three title fights in one, in one session. You've got the... I think it's the bantamweight um, title that's up, which is Petter Yan and Al Jermaine Sterling. Al Jermaine Sterling is an absolute beast. He is an American guy, and he's one of your guys. He's Jamaican descent. So he's fighting for the title. Megan Anderson, he's fighting Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes is an absolute pound-for-pound pound beast, male or female. She's an absolute beast. She's a two... She's a two division champion. She's got Megan Anderson who is a lot taller than her, about six foot. Amanda Nunes is only about five foot eight. So it's good to see what power versus reach does. And then you've got the big one, Jan Blachowicz fighting Israel Adesanya. Israel Adesanya is a current middleweight champion and is your, it's kind of like your Conor McGregor. He's a Kiwi born Nigerian. Sorry, he's a Nigerian born Kiwi who is all about the glitz and glamour and the coolness, and he's fighting Jan Blachowicz, who's just got the heavyweight title. So actually, Israel's gone up in um, in weight to fight. So that's going to be really, really good. I'm looking forward Sounds to watching like that. Ask. It is. Like it's a ask. very big ask. And I think if he does that, that puts him, for me, well, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing to do. He's a middleweight. To go up to heavyweight. He- Listen, I don't know about boxing, but I know in, in UFC, there's clear divisions between 
you know, lightweight, middleweight, middleweight, heavyweight. Heavyweight fights don't go five rounds, championship fights. Heavyweight rounds don't go three rounds because someone gets knocked out. Someone gets knocked out in heavyweight division. You know, light heavyweight is kind of the one where you're like, um, sorry, so I'll rephrase that. Light heavyweight is what, um, sorry, Adesanya is going up to light heavyweight, not heavyweight. He's going up to light heavyweight to fight Blahovic. And, you know, going up, the further you go up in those divisions, the harder they hit. You know, middleweights tend to go three, four rounds and you might get a knockout, you know. But when you when you start hitting light heavyweight and heavyweight, those fights only last a couple of rounds because they just, the knockouts are horrible. So I think if Adesanya, who's quite a dynamic fighter, if he can step up and keep that, that, that the dynamic fighting style that he's got and up against Blahovic, who's just a hard hitter, I can see him taking points on that one. Um, so yeah, that'll be that'll be this week next weekend. So I look forward to uh, Unfortunately, that. I'm not I'm not big up on my UFC. It's not a sport that I follow, but I know Chris Otto Snells is a big UFC boxing fan. I'm a boxing fan, I'm not armchair. So tell, fan. Us, so tell so, us tell us about your boxing. You got you got five. So minutes. yeah, yeah. This week we had a lot of fights this weekend, actually. It was actually quite nice. I was busy watching boxing. Obviously, in the UK, the big one was Josh Kelly versus David Abenesian for the European title which was before the fight was actually a 50-50 fight. And um, I'm speaking to a lot of my, like I said, I'm an armchair boxing fan. I've done a little bit of boxing and realized that I couldn't take a punch. So I didn't go that far. But yeah, um, Abenison was was probably my slight favorite. And before the match, I did tweet. I thought it was going to go 12 rounds. Josh Kelly got stopped in six and his corner white uh, threw the towel in, which is probably the right thing to do. Before this fight, there was obviously, for those who don't know, there was a big, uh, rivalry between Conor Ben and Josh Kelly and the whole sort of lineup was if he came through this, that would be a big UK showdown between them two. And Sky Sports were very clever by having um you you bank <laughs> having Ben in the in the commentary to watch the fight. It was a very good fight for the first three rounds. Josh Kelly showed his slick boxing skills. He clearly has ability. He is big at the weight, but there was always rumors circling in the boxing community that he had no tank, that he couldn't go 12 rounds. Ultimately, when he got stopped, it did look like he gassed out. He did have a bizarre, nasty cut at the back of his head. It was really weird. Like, it didn't seem to be a clash of heads or or anything like that. And I've heard some people say he may have had a bursted blood vessel or something in the back of his head. But there was a lot of blood streaming down his, his, his head at the end of the third, I think it was. And you could tell that he... Obviously, as a boxer, when you get injured like that, you have to learn how to cope in that sort of situation. I don't think he's ever been in that situation of being badly cut. I think we saw that with Tyson Fury when he fought Otto Wallin. He struggled with the cut, which is quite nasty. So it's coming through that. And I think he's cornered on the right thing. Josh is still young, so he can come back again. And I think his corner chucking the towel in was probably the Adam Booth chuck the towel in, which I thought was actually the right thing to do. He can come back again. Like, it was, it was a good fight. On the under, That was actually a good build. On the undercard, there was Florian Marku, who had his battle with Ryan Charlton. That was another good fight, a bit of a grudge match. Obviously, Marku, after... He got knocked down as well in the fight, got up and won. And he actually called out... Actually, that was another corner stoppage. So his corner... Uh, Ryan Charlton's corner chucked the towel in for that one as well. And I think there's been a... There may have been a lot more... A lot more heat on these fights this weekend because of what happened to Josh Warrington the week before where a lot of people were saying maybe the corner should have chucked the towel in 
when he did stumble back. In fact, the referee helped him back to his corner after he got knocked down and lost as well. So, yeah, I think it was the right thing in that case, chucking the towel in as well. But Ryan Charlton gave a good account of himself. I actually thought he worked to the body really well. His body was really well. But Florian Marcou does move on. And obviously, he is a massive following in the Albanian community. So he will bring numbers in. So that was a good victory. And obviously, he called out Conor Ben after the fight. And Conor Ben was like, look, I've got bigger fish to fry, which he's got a fight coming up very soon as well, Conor Ben. And then obviously, across the pond, we had Adrian the Problem, or should he call himself now? All about, the, all about the billions. He came back on a comeback fight. And... Mm, Apparently, uh, it was underwhelming, from what I heard. It was, it was very underwhelming. Uh, he struggled through. The thing about Adrian Bruno... Uh, and I was I had discussion with Al earlier in the week about boxing is no different to any other sport. If you haven't played football for a year, you're not going to come back and do 90 minutes on your first time out. You've got to be match fit. Like a bit with a Josh Warrington fight, he hadn't had a fight in over 12 months. So it may be like maybe approaching 14, 15 months, Josh Warrington hasn't had a fight. For a young Mexican kid, he had four or five fights in a year. It's sort of clear if you're not match fit and not ready for it, ring rust, you're going to get probably beat up or it's going to be a hard night. It was the latter for, for Warren. He got beat up. Adrian Bronar has not won a boxing fight in four years. He hasn't won. A, he hasn't had a fight in two years. So for him to come out and expect it to be razzle-dazzle wasn't ever going to happen. I always knew he was going to go the distance unless he fought some, some fat overweight Dorman, which he didn't. He fought someone who came to came to give the rumble, but it was. I knew it wasn't going to be the glitz and glamour by Bronar. Is he finished? The thing about Bronar, he wasn't dedicated to his craft. He's got a lot of issues. Like I know, I watched another podcast, Boxing by Aid. That's another very good boxing podcast, and he was saying that Bronar got his car shot up not too long ago. So if Bronar's not boxing, that's he been doing something naughty. He's that sort of person, and his interview sort of summed it up for me because he, apparently Adrian Broner was very close to being bankrupt a couple of years ago. And his interview after the fight, he said, I only had $13 in my account. Um, I've nearly been broke. So tonight <laughs> I'm going to pop bottles and go ham. But Monday it's all about business. That just sums up AB for you. I'm it's not sure about the millions. I'm, I'm pretty sure he said he's going to be pop bottles, writing checks and having some some SEX. Well, there you go. So maybe AB stands for almost broke, not all about the billions. But yeah, and then the, the undercard fight of that was Dominic Brazil versus Otto Wallin. Otto Wallin obviously took Tyson Fury 12 rounds and had a massive cut on Fury as well. And obviously Dominic Brazil, another fighter who got knocked out by Deontay Wilder and also got beat up by Anthony Joshua. He hadn't had a fight again bordering over nearly over two years, which was against Bronar. Again, look, I said it earlier on, you can't be match fit. Otto Wallin is in the mix. I wouldn't even say Otto Wallin is top 20 in the world in the heavyweights, but he's in the mix. And obviously, I said it to one of my friends that I thought he'd get, that Brazil would get beat up. And he actually did get beat up over 12 rounds. Could Wallin take him, taken him out? I thought he could have if he would have stepped on the pressure. But one thing you can't say, what you can't take away from, from uh, Brazil and it's most heavyweights. The last thing to go is your power. And he can bang. But I, I think Wallin was probably a bit of like, mm, I don't want it. I'm winning comfortably. Why well, I'm going to go in and risk it 
to get one punch changes a fight. We saw that with Dylan White Povetkin. Ah, talking about Dylan White Povetkin. So sorry, yeah, Otto Volin did win that on a unanimous point decision. And talking about um, Dylan White, obviously that fight's been moved to Gibraltar, and I think it's going to happen at the end of March. I think it's March the 27th that fight is going to happen. And that's obviously the rematch with Povetkin. And obviously, I can't forget the Mexican sensation, Oscar Valdez. He absolutely smoked a nine-round knockout. And that, he's, this guy, featherweight, he looks like he might be the next star after Canelo. And obviously, Canelo is fighting. I believe it's either this week or the weekend after. He's got a super middleweight clash with Yeldrim. I saw the weigh-in today. And I'm not going to lie. Al, I know you're talking about weights and classes and that. Yeldrim towers over Canelo. Canelo is tiny, but he's got a lot of power. He towers over him. And uh, Canelo was wearing some questionable tracksuit today with kicks that didn't match. And I was like, boy, all the money in the world. Still can't dress, Canelo. Still can't dress. But that is a boxing roundup. I think this weekend there is some fights, actually. Is there fights this weekend? I don't know if the Canelo fights this weekend, but I know I am looking forward to the 20th of March when Lawrence O'Coley, the British guy, fights for the WBO cruiserweight title so i'm looking forward to that one i think akoli's going to get the win but yeah al over to you lovely let's have a look at the fixtures for this weekend moving on to monday i'm going to pull out the fixture you're going to tell me the result ready all right go on man, man city west Ham. what's the score 2-1 city west brom brighton brighton 1-0 Leeds Aston Villa. It's a tasty game. Free all. Oof. Newcastle Wolves. One nil Wolves. Sounds awful. Crystal Palace Fulham. Oh, that is a game. It's a very big I game. might I might I might watch that one this weekend. That's a big uh, London, that's a London derby there for you. I think it's gonna be a draw. A, a, a zero zero. Nil nil. Leicester Arsenal. At the old, uh, oh, at the old man. King Power, old school. Do you know what? Taking, nah, it, taking you to Fulham Street. One, one nil to Leicester, and I'm an Arsenal fan. I just don't think that's going to happen. Spurs Burnley. Four nil Burnley. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, no, I'm joking. Spurs to win two nil. Chelsea United at Stamford Bridge. One one. Sheffield United Liverpool at Bramall Lane. Liverpool one nil. And Everton, Southampton, that's on Monday at Goodison Park. Southampton 2-1. So it is a double game week. We won't go into the double game week because by the time we do another pod, it will, you know, those game weeks will be starting. So we're not going to yeah. actually um, talk about that. But How come you are, ain't done your prediction? Because we ain't got time. That's why. Okay, fair enough. So I think, oh God, and if Chris is in this next time, my goodness, how long are we going to be? So... I'm quite conscious, guys, of trying to keep this content quite short because ultimately, if we're going to get people on um, to talk about their teams and their experiences, um, we've got no choice but to keep it short and keep it brief. So, in closing, I'm going to ask Gravy. I'm going to give him... I'm going to look at my watch and I'm going to give him 30 seconds to tell me what's wrong with Liverpool. Well, don't start yet. What's wrong with Liverpool? In a 30-second blast. Are you ready? Go. They're just not performing. <laughs> That's it. End of. Klopp's in a bad place mentally. The team are not performing. It's as simple as that. That's what I'm putting it down to. The players are not stepping up. That's what it is. That's a problem. Don't need more. I'm done. 
Drop the mic. Okay. That's your 30 seconds. I'm going to do my 30 seconds. What's wrong with Liverpool? I'm going to go. So I think in synopsis, in review, you know, in summary, what's wrong with them is they have played at 100 miles an hour for two years now. And in a, in a time where 100 mile an hour games can't serve you well, two, three games in a week and Champions League and all of that, I think the demise of their team of the proof of where they need to be replaced, those players, those front threes, those Asian players has been definitely sped up by the fact that they're playing at 100 miles an hour in a time where 100 miles an hour is not going to be good for you. So that's what I think is wrong with Liverpool. So right, that's our first sports pod. We didn't really get quite enough time to go into Liverpool a bit in depth, but we did talk about it along the way. But, you know, going through the, all of the week's Sport, including WSL and international. I didn't even talk about the She Believes Cup. I could have talked about that, but I chose not to. That goal by Giroud, which I said was disallowed against Atletico, it actually was checked by VAR and it counts. So Chelsea Wait, currently Giroud winning away. Does, Giroud always does the acrobats, man. And, and they're currently winning away at Atletico with barely any minutes to go. So with barely any minutes to go into this pod, what do you want to leave um, your listeners with your final thought? just want to say don't forget to like share and subscribe and if you are liking this give us a thumbs up if you don't like it give us the thumbs down be honest but yeah don't forget support like share follow and you know what if you want to come on this podcast as well hit us up dm us let us know what team you support and we'll try and fit you on yeah that's sort of my closing statement as well really um i really want this to be an interactive pod really i want people to come on and talk about their teams and talk about what they see in football, in world football. Um, I definitely want some WSL fans on, um, some women's football fans, because, you know, the sad state of women's football is I don't actually have anybody to talk to women's football about because nobody else I know likes women's football. And I'm a big fan of sport. In the same way you heard me go on for five minutes about, you know, UFC, I can do the same thing about um, any other MMA fighting um, organisation. I can do that about any other football league, be it, Spain, Italy, be it women's football. So, you know, if you do like women's football and you've got something to say, please get in touch and you can come on the pod. So next week, next time we do this, I assume Chris will be with us to give us his views. And in that case, I'm going to really have to think about how we are going to keep this short and brief. But for the first time ever, we've done it under an hour. So thank you very much, Mr. Gravy. Peace. And we're going to end it there. Let us know what you think of our first spin-off podcast. Take care, everybody. See you soon. Uh Uh-oh.